Hello, welcome to episode 14 of Last Year, The Chemo Saved My Life. Um, I'm recording this today in a different room to usual because the dishwasher's on in the kitchen and I normally sit in the dining room. Um, so I don't know if it'll be as clear because I'm on like a shorter table and there's two clocks that are ticking at different times to each other. So sorry if you can hear those, um, but hopefully it all comes out okay. I'm actually very late recording this this week. I usually have it done before the weekend. I do it on a Thursday, usually, um, or a Friday if not. But I was out on Thursday and then on Friday I was hungover, so I had to go to bed really early. And then on Saturday, the JEP, which is Jersey's local newspaper, um, did an article on me and on my hair products that I sell. Um, so my day ended up being very hectic busy and I just never got around to recording this so it's now Sunday and I've been waiting for everyone to leave my house um so I'm finally alone and can record it but then the dishwasher was going on instead so um I'm just going to record it quickly now um I actually feel very sick right now um not that that's relevant to anything. I've just eaten loads of rubbish this week. I um, yeah, went out drinking on Thursday. Then Friday I ate rubbish because I was hungover. And then I've just carried on eating rubbish all weekend basically. So um, I'm feeling very sloth-like. And I had loads of jobs I needed to do today. Like I was going to go to the car wash and do my recycling. But I've not really done anything at all apart from eat. Anyway... That was completely irrelevant information. I didn't need to tell you. Um, so um, this week has been a bit crazy. So um, the JEP, like I said, contacted me and asked me to speak to me about um, a hair product that I sell and also about the podcast. So I met with them midweek and we had a chat and then they did an article on me yesterday um, in our local newspaper and it was actually much bigger than I thought so basically like the cover of the weekend edition thing that's inside it was me a big picture of me um, so I nearly died when I saw that and then it was like a full like two page spread on me so um, yeah that was quite cool but uh, anyway uh, so I said that I would speak this week about, um, so obviously I finished treatment and then my life, like how it was after I celebrated. So when I first finished treatment, I just was like, obviously desperate for my life to go back to normal. So I just did loads of things I wasn't supposed to do. So like I kept saying to the hospital, oh, like, when can I get, like, this is literally the week I finished chemo, when can I get a tattoo? And they were like, no, like, nothing involving needles, like, nothing like that for six weeks. And I was like, okay. And then, unfortunately, I'd already booked the tattoo, I think, for, like, the week I finished treatment. So I just went and had it done anyway. Um, This is one of those moments, again, where I need to say don't do as I did because I'm really bad for not following rules um but yeah I did I went and got a tattoo and it actually was so 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 painful like way more painful than any tattoo I've ever had and I think my blood was like really thin or something because I was bleeding loads but yeah that was naughty of me I shouldn't have done that and then I just um so I actually I've spoken before about how like the clothes I used to wear to chemo like 
were like tainted with bad chemo vibes for me. And so I just like started going through my room like, okay, what reminds me of the last six months? So I went into town, I got like all new bed sheets, got rid of the ones I had before, um, like all the clothes that I'd worn over that period of time, like caps, hats, basically anything that reminds me of that time. I was like in the bin. Uh, me and Tash, my friend, were like, right, should we do a burning ritual? Should we just burn it all? But then we were like, oh, where do we even do that? Probably cause a massive fire. Probably have to ring the fire brigade. Let's not do that. So we didn't burn them, but we did chuck it all away. So I basically binned, like, my dressing gown, all my pyjamas. Like, I just binned everything. I just, like, wanted that period of my life gone. Binned, like, every piece of paper I had in regards to having cancer, which I probably shouldn't have done. But binned the chemo book, like, just binned it all. I was like, you've got to go. And then my life really just started kind of... I say returning to normal, like it kind of did return to normal. I stopped having chemo, obviously. Um, but it was weird. You know when people uh, say that they have like baby brain when they're pregnant? Well, there isn't a thing, and it's a genuine thing because loads of people have it, where, it's, where you have like chemo brain. So it was weird. Like my brain had just, I mean, I was going to say like gone really dozy, but you probably actually think that I am from listening to this listening to me talk every week um but yeah like I probably my brain most of the time doesn't fail to amaze me with the stupid things I sometimes do or I forget to do or things that sometimes come out of my mouth but um yeah so I can't 100% blame it on chemo but it was definitely worse than normal. So there was one day where I was in Tasha's car and we were trying to count how long it had been since something. And I was like counting on my fingers to her. April, May, June, July, October, November. And I was like, so six months. And she was like looking at me like, looking like, come on, Carleen. And then I was like, is that right? And I was like, only six months. That seemed short. And then I was like, wait there. And I've done it again. I was like, April, May... June, July, October, November. I was like, yeah, it's six months. And she was like crying with laughter. And she was like, what happened to uh, August and September? And I was like, oh my God, yeah. And I'd actually forgotten two months of the year when I was counting. And I, we were like, we were laughing so much. Like we were crying with laughter. But I was like, what is going on with my brain? Like, why have I just done that? And then for ages, actually, probably like for a year after that, my brain still like wasn't 100%. So like the worst thing I did was um, my friend Jade had asked me to do a reading at her wedding. And she'd asked me like probably like a year prior to the wedding. And then which would have been like around probably like when I just finished chemo. And I obviously said yes. And she sent me the reading. And then somehow between that day and the day of the wedding, I well, the day before the wedding, the rehearsal, I just forgot that entire conversation and forgot that I was supposed to do a reading and Jade lives in Australia so she hadn't been in Jersey so we'd only like been texting each other about you know whatever life and we just hadn't spoken about it again and then the day before the wedding we went she was getting married at home in Jersey we went to the church to do the rehearsal and then um the priest said then Carleen will do her reading and I looked up and I was like me and he was like, yeah, Carleen. And Jade's looking at me, like, confused. And I was like, I'm doing a reading. And Jade was like, yeah. And I was like, did we discuss this? And she was like, yes. 
And then she was like, I sent you it. And I was like, I still can't remember though. And I was like, oh my God, like, I'll learn it tonight. So I basically had to, I mean, I didn't manage to learn it off by heart, but I basically had to, within 24 hours, learn a wedding, um, not speech, what's the word? Reading, um, to do in a church because I just forgot I was to do it and forgot to learn it. I think my brain has, I'd say my brain has mostly gone back to normal. I don't think, I do, I still do do like stupid things or forget things, but I always did before anyway. So I don't think anything like majorly significant like that has happened since. That wedding one was definitely the worst. I was mortified. I was like, oh my God, as if like I have no memory of this at all. Um, So I think my brain's okay now. But the thing I'll tell you about next kind of coincides with, the memory situation so I just finished treatment and then obviously I've explained before that um having chemotherapy can make you infertile because it basically damages it kills cancer but it's also like damaging like your organs and stuff as well so it's damaged well I assume it has my ovaries um so yeah that's why it can sometimes make you infertile but a lot of people um come out of it and they're actually still fertile so um I don't 100% know what the situation is with me now but um I'll explain that when I finished treatment I started to have so I just finished having chemo and then it was like winter it was October Actually, no, I hadn't finished having chemo because it was October. I was still having chemo. It was coming to the end of it. And I started having, like, hot flushes. So, obviously, I've seen, like, my mum have them before. And I've always been like, oh, you know, like, what's she on about? But honestly, they're unbearable. It's, like, the worst thing. So I started having them. And I kind of, like, knew it must be that because it was just, like, such an unfamiliar feeling. And I'd just be like, I'd be driving in my car and then I'd have like this hot flush and I'd, because it was winter, I was always like so cold, I'd have on like a massive coat and then it would just come on and I'd be like, oh my God, like trying to get all the windows down, trying to get out of my coat because I just genuinely felt like I was going to like pass out. And then I'd be like dripping in sweat and then it would just kind of like pass after a couple of minutes and it kept happening. So I um, contacted oncology and I was like, oh... I'm having these, like, hot flushes. Actually, sorry, no, it wasn't October. It was the start of November and I had finished treatment because I specifically remember that I wasn't actually technically under oncology anymore. This was, like, kind of stressful for me. So, um, yeah, I was having these hot flushes and then I obviously wasn't going... I'd finished treatment, so I wasn't going to the hospital anymore every week so this happened and I rang oncology to tell them and to ask them what they thought it would be and they said that they would get I think it was like the head nurse to call me back so um I remember like waiting for her to call and like I found it really stressful because I was like I'd been used to like being under oncology and being able to you know just like go in if I needed to or whatever and then suddenly I'd stopped treatment and I was like on my own in the world and there was something wrong and I didn't have anyone like right there to answer my questions straight away um so eventually um somebody did call me back and they were like oh asked me kind of what was like what this was that I had and I told them about the hot flushes and they were like oh it sounds like you might be going into like an early menopause like the treatment might have caused that 
And then for someone who the whole time had been like, oh, I'm not like massively into kids. Like if I can't have kids, I can't have kids. Um, It's not the end of the world for me. Like suddenly then thinking that I'd like started to have an early menopause and then meaning I wouldn't be able to have children. I suddenly then was really upset about that idea. And I remember the day when they called me to say um, about the menopause thing, I'd gone to pick up my friend Chloe from the airport and she got in my car and then I got this phone call and they told me and then I just like started crying, but I hadn't even like known Chloe that long. And I was like trying to explain to her like the whole situation. Um, And I remember being like, oh, I didn't really think I wanted kids, but now now they're saying it might be menopause. That means I won't be able to have kids. Like, what am I going to do? Um, and then I suddenly was just, yeah, like so upset about it. And then like I made the decision before treatment not to freeze my eggs. So there was nothing anyone could like do to help me because I'd made that choice. So I felt like really helpless. I was like, okay, like I'm not like under oncology anymore. Like where do I, like, where do I go about this? And I just like, it was really like, scary for me I I just didn't really like know who to speak to about it or where to go and obviously oncology deal with people who have cancer they don't deal with like fertility issues or anything like that so I actually booked to go and see my GP um and she gave me so she gave me HRT which is what like my mum would have taken when she um started going through menopause and she gave me and I was so I remember being like oh I don't want to take this but I needed like something for the hot flushes and I actually was due I was going on like a long holiday to Bali and I thought how am I going to deal with these hot flushes in a hot country so she gave me this HRT and I remember like leaving the doctors and being like oh like I just I don't know if I want to take this and then um I think I took it for like two days and then a doctor from oncology actually contacted me like a couple of days later and was like, oh, I know you've spoken to one of the nurses um, about these hot flushes. And I think it was actually my doctor, my doctor from Southampton. And he was like, it's completely normal. He basically said like, because the treatment has like damaged your ovaries. Um, so basically my periods have stopped the whole time when I was sick and having treatment. And then he said, it's actually like normal. It's kind of like you can kind of, be put into an early menopause but it often like reverses and it doesn't like kind of happen or go ahead so I was like oh thank god like why couldn't somebody have told me this sooner so I didn't take the HRT and you know what actually within about I think it only lasted those hot flushes maybe like three weeks to a month and then they stopped and then actually when I was away in Bali probably I just like relaxed a little bit again and my periods came back so I was like, okay, like, that's obviously a very good sign. We've gone from, like, potentially having an early menopause to now, like, having periods again. So that was obviously, like, a really good sign for me. And then eventually, like, when I got back from Bali, I did book to go and see... Um, She's, like, the... I think, like, the leading gynaecologist over here. I went to see her and she did um some, like, scans and some ultrasounds and stuff. And she actually said that my... I think it was, I don't know, like the technical terms, but something like my ovaries were doing something that they should be doing or she would expect them to be doing. So, um, yeah, she doesn't see any reason why I'd be infertile. So it's one of them. Like, I don't really know 
to be honest, like anybody could have issues getting pregnant. So I don't really know. I won't ever know unless I decide that I want to do that one day. At the moment, it's definitely not something I want to do anytime soon. So uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a, I'll have to wait and see on that one. But yeah, if I decide that I want to have children, there are always other options um, if I can't have them naturally myself. Um, but currently all I plan for my future is to get two dogs. So yeah, might not be something I have to worry about anyway. So the, obviously the menopause thing happened. And like I said, that it was stressful for me, like not having somebody to refer to at oncology straight away because I was like no longer under them. And then that seemed to be like something that like as time went on I really like struggled with it's so weird and I I thought it was only me but I've spoken to loads of people since and everyone said they feel the same or they felt the same that you're like used you get used to seeing somebody once a week someone's taking your bloods once a week someone's monitoring your health they can see everything that's going on and then suddenly you stop treatment and you're like put out into the world to live your life again and it's really hard to do so like comfortably. So I would, wo- I mean, I still do actually worry a lot, but like I would worry about everything. Like the slight, like before, if I had like the slightest pain or the slightest weird feeling, I'd go into oncology and speak to them about it and they would check whatever it was. But I suddenly didn't have like that security thing anymore and somebody there to instantly tell me that I was okay. And it became like really stressful for me. I just, I think that I started to kind of like, imagine that I had you know like things wrong with me or aches and pains or a cough and yeah it was weird it's hard to explain but it was weird like I I didn't really deal well with that transition like back into normal life and I think I've definitely had um like phantom pains maybe like where my uh tumor was because like when I was having treatment I had kind of like shooting pains in that area and I used to speak to my doctor about it and he'd say oh yeah that's like completely normal the tumor is like breaking down and you will feel like pains and then I kind of was still having pains there um and then when I had like my first three-month checkup I did speak to the doctor about that and he said um it's completely normal because there'll be like scar tissue there so it would be normal to have pains but I actually like now that we're like three years on I actually think that sometimes I imagine the pains because I've noticed that if I so I'm a bit weird about like I hate like cleaning products or anything with like chemicals in so like if it was up to me my mum would use only like natural cleaning products in our house but she doesn't because it's not my house so obviously I just let her do what she wants uh, but like say there's like bleach in the sink and then I am near it and I smell it and I feel like I've inhaled it I then will feel this pain like a pain in my chest and to be honest it's probably like anxiety like worrying about it but I think I sometimes like imagine that I've got like pains there when I probably actually don't but you know in my head it's like oh chemicals chemicals can cause cancer and then it just like sends me on this like thing where I think that like I've got a pain in my chest again so I think that oh god I don't know that might be for the rest of my life. I don't know if I'll ever ever not feel like that again. But um, yeah, I think it's like happening less now. And I think that now I've noticed that it's something that I only kind of feel when I worry about stuff. I think that hopefully in time that will pass and I won't be stuck feeling like that forever. 
so then the next thing to deal with was my hair so when I was sick obviously I had like basically no hair I looked like Gollum and it wasn't an issue because all I could concentrate on at that time was not having cancer and then suddenly when I didn't have cancer anymore and my hair started to grow in my hair was like just basically like ruling my life like all I cared about was my hair growing and like I just wanted it long and it was like it was short obviously short um it was quite dark at first it grew in like quite light and then it started to go really dark and it was curly and it was just like I mean I don't have anything against curly hair I don't have anything against dark hair but when you've had blonde hair your whole life and you've had it obviously like long it's really hard to like see yourself or I don't know if this is everyone but for me personally it was really hard for me to like see myself with short brown curly hair like it just wasn't me and I felt like I'd like lost like basically pretty much all my confidence and then I think like the hair thing was also adding to that so yeah the hair was a major issue for me and god I think I just thought about it constantly like oh what can I do to make my hair grow and it like it seemed so silly and I think when I was sick, I was like, who cares if I've got no hair? Like, at least I've got my health. But then, like, when I started, like, to have my life back to normal and I was going on nights out and stuff, and I'd obviously been wearing a wig already for, like, a good, you know, a good while. Um, Yeah, it was hard for me, the hair thing. And I think it just kind of, like, started to, like, take over my life. Like, it was all all I could ever think about and worry about. And it's weird, I can't, that period of time, like, where I, like, first finished treatment, and then kind of, like, the, like, the year after, so I went away to Bali when I first finished treatment, and, like, I was absolutely fine there, and then it was, like, more so that year, like, when I'd come back from Bali, and my hair had started to grow in, so, like, the year after treatment, I really, like, felt, I mean, I don't really know if I noticed at the time. Yeah, I did actually notice at the time. But, like, I felt like my mental health wasn't very good. But um, I do think as well, like, the menopause thing, I definitely think, like, my hormones were all over the place. So, like, obviously, I'd, like, stopped having periods. Then I'd started having a menopause. Then my periods had come back. So I think I, in general, was a bit kind of, like, all over the place anyway. I think probably dealing with what had happened to me... Um, well, I probably hadn't really dealt with it because I just, like, got on with it at the time. So I don't think I'd really, like, processed what had happened. And, like, I think the knock in my confidence, like, all of it combined, I just, like, didn't really feel like I was in, like, a great place. And I've got, at my work, I pay for, like, private medical cover. So um, included in that is... So basically, like, the company who cover me they obviously knew I was sick because they had been speaking to me about like my appointments and stuff so they um had suggested that I spoke to they have like a included in their package they have like a I don't know if they're therapists they have like a team who um yeah I guess like therapists or counsellors um speak to people when they've had cancer or any serious illness or anything that basically would have affected their life so they were like, oh, we want to put you in touch with them. And at first I was really like, oh, I don't need to speak to anyone. No, no. Anyway, um, this lady did call me one day the, for like the first time. And then like when I started speaking to her, I was like crying the whole conversation. And then I was like, actually, yeah, maybe I do need to speak to someone. 
And I think the main thing I was crying about was my hair and like how I didn't feel confident and I can't remember exactly what we spoke about, but yeah, I think that was like the majority of the conversation. Um, so yeah, she, it was weird because she would call me like once every week, I think, but I absolutely dreaded her phone calls and I hated speak. not that she was lovely, but I hated speaking to her and I, I didn't like like admitting to anyone that I felt that way. So I think she maybe called me like not maybe over like a month, like once a week. And I basically made I think I pretended to her that I was fine. I just like made a decision that I didn't want to have these phone calls anymore. I can basically I couldn't be bothered crying every week. Like every time I spoke to her, I like cried loads and I was like, oh, I found it exhausting, Um, which is probably the whole idea of speaking to a therapist. But I actually used to speak to her in work time and then I would like have to go back to my desk. And yeah, I just I just didn't like it um so I pretended to her that I was absolutely fine I didn't need to speak to her anymore and I'm sure she knew that wasn't the case because she kept saying oh can I call you like in a couple of weeks and make sure that you're fine and I'd be like no no I'm absolutely fine I'm absolutely fine and then I wasn't fine I, I mean I was okay like you wouldn't have known there was anything wrong with me but I just was like just not feeling like myself um and then Somebody I work with had been speaking to, um, was yeah, I guess he was a therapist over here. I don't actually know the correct terminology, but I think he was maybe a therapist, um, about something that was going on in her life. And she's like, I really think you should speak to him. So I was like, okay. So um, I booked an appointment with this person. And I mean, I don't want to like say that this is the case because it's probably not always, but... Um, the appointment was with like a male, uh, a male, not like a male, just a male. And I really felt like he didn't get the hair thing. And I could be completely wrong. Maybe like the way he was dealing with me was the correct way to deal with somebody who's struggling like with their confidence or whatever. But I was like going to him and he, so immediately he put me on antidepressants and I really, and I've said it before, I really hate take, taking medication. I felt like really weird when they gave me HRT to take for the menopause thing. And then now I was being given antidepressants. And it was weird because I knew it was like definitely circumstantial. Like I was obviously struggling to deal with what had happened to me. And I didn't feel that like antidepressants were the answer for me and I'm not saying like people shouldn't take them if they feel they need them but for me personally I it didn't feel like the right choice to to start on them so he asked me to take them and I didn't take them I went I went and picked up the prescription and then did I no do you know what I did I booked to go to a yoga class actually so I went and picked up the prescription and was like actually I'm going to yoga so I went to yoga actually that night um and then I just kind of thought about it and every time I'd kind of gone to speak to him he was like kept telling me that I just needed to stop wearing my wig and I just felt like he wasn't the right therapist for me and that might just be because of the way I was feeling but I just made the decision to stop speaking to him so I'm probably telling you all the wrong advice here because I wouldn't if you need help and you need to speak to someone, you should carry on speaking to someone. Um, but I'm very, like, strong-willed and I just was like, I'm going to be okay. Like, I could tell that, you know, like, my hormones are all over the place. So I just made the decision to deal with 
the way I was feeling on my own. And now that I'm completely well and fine and happy and healthy, I would not suggest not speaking to somebody and saying, I'm just going to deal with this on my own. I think that I just like couldn't deal with the the suggestions he was giving me to help me. So I probably made the wrong decision at that time and I wouldn't like recommend that anyone does the same as I did. But I mean, I'm just, I don't know. I just felt like I maybe should have spoken to a girl who might have understood the hair thing a bit more. But um, yeah, I'm fine now. So I mean, it all worked out in the end. So I think it did take like, I'd say a good... When was that? Yeah, I'd say it took like a good year for me to feel, maybe more, maybe like a year and a half for me to feel completely back to normal. And you know what, like now I look back, it's, I think it is completely normal for anyone who's had like chemotherapy to probably feel the way I did because like you, you're like on such a roller coaster the whole time and you know, like you're down when you find out you're ill and then like when you finish treatment you're on a high and then you're on a low again when you you know if there's anything wrong and you don't have anyone to speak to about it and then it messes with your hormones and I think it was probably completely normal for me to feel that way um and obviously like I've said I felt like my confidence was gone but um yeah over time obviously it's been like two and a half years now since I finished treatment and I feel completely back to my old self again so yeah, you will get there if you're going through that. And um, I think there's probably a lot of people who don't go through that. But yeah, for me personally, it was a bit of a, a journey. So that was basically, uh, yeah, what my life kind of went like after I was done celebrating, finishing chemo. Um, I wasn't actually going to do uh, an episode on this, but... I think I should after this week because of my JP article. So next week I'm going to do a episode on my hair oil that I now sell, but that I made for myself um, to use when my hair started growing in to speed up my hair growth process. And I'll just speak about other things I used and did, um, like what shampoos I use and that kind of thing. Um, so I think I will do that next week. So thank you for listening. Sorry this uh, episode was so late. And I hope everyone's had a lovely weekend. And I'll be back next week.